Thanks to Indeed for supporting the Apple Bits XL. Indeed makes it easy to connect with your applicants. No need to install anything extra. Indeed's virtual interviews work from your browser. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Offer good for a limited time. All right, everybody, let's get to the show. What's up? What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, your host, doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Guess where I'm at right now? I am on location, sitting on the floor of a hotel room in Anaheim with pillows uh, alongside a bed around me to kill the sound because I am remote. I am working offside. I'm here actually for Star Wars Celebration, and I have a cool video that I've got to slice and dice and put up on the channel. But again, if you are someone who supports my content at patreon.com slash Brian Tong, you're going to get early access to it. But, you know, we're going to have fun here and kind of bring you some new stuff. Now, this is episode 220. If you are new here, this is where we cover everything, the latest and greatest inside and outside the world of Apple. And we do have some stories as we get closer to WWDC. We're not there yet, but we're getting really, really close. Um, There is one thing, kind of a, a mention that I need to tell you all right now. Now, during any type of Apple keynote, you know that I'm always doing like my crazy live stream. I have this whole setup at my um, house and, you know, we do this fun thing where we have live calls. Well, I'm going to tell you that this year we're going to have to do something different. And I'm trying to figure out what it is. And the reason why I can't do a live stream from my office is because for the very first time that I have been independent, Apple has invited me out to campus for WWDC. Now, that's kind of crazy. It is a big deal for someone who's never been invited as an independent. So, wow, that's crazy. And honestly, that is due to the fact that you all here listen and watch my content And it is WWDC. They didn't tell me anything of what we're going to hear about. Obviously, we know it's software. Will there be hardware? I don't know. But this is something that I said, I had to weigh it out and say, well, this is the first time they asked me. I probably should go. So what does that mean for the live stream? I don't 100% know yet, but what I think I'm going to try to do, and I'm going to talk to them about this, is it may not be as elegant, but I think I'm going to live stream from my phone on Apple Campus about an hour before the keynote and just take your questions, show you around of where they're putting us, potentially talk to some of the YouTubers and other creators that are there and just kind of get their thoughts and opinions. And it's going to be really raw, but I think it might be fun and I'll still be able to answer your questions um, through the live chat. And so I think that's maybe something different. And again, this is the first event that they've ever had uh, with attendees. It's going to be very small, but they said... I was on a short list and I really, I, I kid you not, maybe it sounds stupid. I debated, hmm, maybe I shouldn't go and I should just do my live stream because that's you know what my audience expects. But then I thought a little harder and I'm like, yeah, I, I should go. So I don't know how this is going to affect things moving forward if they continue to have in-person events. Um, but I want to be creative. I want to continue to bring you a live stream. I just feel like it's kind of one of the things that makes my channel different and fun. And so... uh we'll kind of see what happens and take it from there. So I wanted to put that out there as kind of the big note of the show today. So just for those who are listening, 
BTZ's live stream from my YouTube channel will be something different. Um, hopefully, I can do something under their roof. And I talk to them about it like, hey, this is what I normally do. So we'll see how that goes. But I just want to let you know, the live stream will still happen, but it's going to be a lot different. And it obviously will not occur during the keynote. It, it just can't. So that that's what's going on there. But let's get into the show. This is episode 220, like I said, and it is Friday as I'm recording this. So we're going to give you kind of the latest, freshest news. Again, not the biggest stuff has happened, but I think the newest report that we recently just saw and dropped comes from, a, let's call him a rising leaker. <laughs> Are we a rising leaker? Okay. That just sounds dirty. Shrimp Apple Pro recently claims and suggests that the A16 chip, this will be the new processor that we expect to come out in the new iPhone 14 series, will be manufactured with the same process as the iPhone 13's A15 Bionic. And what Apple is apparently doing, according to this report, is saving the bigger performance leap for the M2 chip design in its next generation Max. Now, the company is working on a kind of a final M1 chip variant that also uses some of the more powerful cores from the A15. This is according to leaker Shrimp Apple Pro. Uh, the A16, A16 Bionic, will reportedly be based on TSMC's 5 nanometer process. So that is the same as the A14, the A15, and the current M1 chips. Uh, people have been trying to figure out what fabrication process they're going through. The reason why that's important is because 5 nanometers versus, let's say, a smaller process, 4 nanometers, even rumored 3 nanometers, it gets not only to get smaller for the actual chip, but it's more power efficient. So that kind of translates across the board and requires less energy. So that gives you advantages throughout the system. Now, there have been rumors that uh, it could be manufactured with the more advanced four nanometer process, but that has not been uh, officially confirmed. But what we do know is, according to this report, that this A16 should reportedly still use the five nanometer process. Um, and a lot of the improvements of the A16 are going to come specifically from some of these minor enhancements to the CPU, the GPU, and the memory. And it'll be borrowing aspects from the optimized A15 chip um, that will be a part of it. So it's things like um, low power DDR5 memory that it's going to be faster in that new chip as well. Um, here's the big thing, the M2 chip, which would be the next generation chip for Apple coming up, would apparently be the first Apple chip to make the jump to TSMC's three nanometer process. So that means the M2 would skip the rumored four nanometer process entirely, and the M2 will is believed to be Apple's first, first custom ARM version 9 processor. Shrimp Apple Pro, I can't I can't say that with a straight face, honestly, is also said to be working on the final system on a chip of the M1 series. So that would feature updated cores. We have, you know, the M1, the M1 Pro, the M1 Max, and the M1 Ultra. They're all using um, chips that are energy efficient cores and high performance cores, um, just like the A14. So Apple's final M1 variant will still allegedly be based on the A15 Bionic uh energy efficient cores and high performance cores. So the thinking is that the final chip in the M1 family could 
be offered in the next generation Mac Pro. Uh, also, just because if they're working to optimize this, this is the chip that's going to be ready to go mainstream in prime time. Um, and an entry-level M2 would reportedly, again, this is all reportedly, reportedly, not be as powerful as kind of the, whatever we call the, we already have M1 Max, then we have, I'm oh, sorry, we have M1 Pro, we have M1 Max, and we have M1 Ultra. Um, you know, if it's the M1 Ultron, that, hey, maybe we could see that. So that final, final M1 family chip could be what's offered in the next generation Mac Pro desktop. Or it could just be a, a variant of it. But this is the latest, you know, kind of in the in the processing space for Macs. And again, the Mac is still the most exciting part of Apple's lineup. I, I think that there's a fatigue and the feel of, you know, I don't want to say like, oh, every iPhone is the same, but it just feels at least the past three years that the Apple iPhone, although getting some cool um, features and, you know, camera upgrades are always welcome, especially for creators. And that's why the creator community gets so excited about this stuff, right? If if you go from 4K to 8K, which is one of the rumored features of the iPhone, uh, bring it on. If it gets even better low-level lighting, bring it on. I think that's probably the biggest issue with iPhone cameras is their low light is good, but it, and I don't expect it to be DSLR good, just because that's you know the the sensor how much light it lets in. But damn, if it could get to that point, it would be nice. And the reason why I talk about the iPhone is because. Our friend, John Prosser, recently shared kind of new updated renders, and these renders look amazing from uh, Ian Zelbo, who partners with a lot of different creators and makes these just like, this is as good as a press image as you can imagine. But some of just to kind of go over some of the things that we're expecting to see, yes, we're expecting the pinhole, or sorry, the punch hole and the pill hole design at the top, no more notch, it'll... It really does look like an eye when you tilt it sideways to be called the iPhone. The other thing about this is that the bezels will reportedly be will be significantly slimmer. Why? It's going to look like more like a thin black line around the iPhone based on the design with that slightly larger display that also will reportedly add some height to the device. And then the other kind of physical change that is subtle but noticeable is a larger camera sensor on the backside, uh, which would reportedly contain a new 48 megapixel camera with a 57% larger sensor and 8K video recording capability. For a creator, that is awesome. For my mom, who cares? <laughs> For a lot of people, I don't think 8K is important. I mean, yes, the technology needs to be there to push the 8K movement, but I'm just saying from 8K on a phone and then 8K on these amazing cameras, like really true 8K cameras, those files are massive. ProRes, 8K on an iPhone, and we're still going to be on Lightning? Yikes. Bring USB-C here as soon as possible. We talked about it last week. <laughs> the, the, if the iPhone is capable of 48 megapixel photos and 8k video at pro res quality good lord i need a USB-C cable connection because i'm not going to airdrop it or if i am i'll be very desperate and i have been desperate and i have airdropped pro res files and it feels desperate but my goodness 
the renders also show like the iPhone 14 Pro's corners with a kind of a larger, let's call it the radii. So the actual corners appear more rounded and maybe they're changing that because of the the kind of cornering and radius of the iPhone 14 Pro camera array. That may be part of it as well. Um, But, you know, cosmetically, when you hold this thing, maybe it feels a little different in hand. The bezels might look a little slimmer. You'll have the punch hole and the pin hole and a larger camera array. But if you're an iPhone 13 Pro person, if you're not, uh, if you don't need the newest model and you don't, and you're not reviewing it for creating content, I can tell you, you probably don't need it. If you're an iPhone 12 Pro person right now, the cameras are already really good. I could tell you, you probably don't need it. If you're an iPhone 11 Pro person and you are completely happy with your phone, I can tell you, you uh, you, you might, if you really care about, you know, the 48 megapixels and the 8K video, I could see myself, if I had an 11 Pro, wanting to make the jump to a 14 Pro. But if you're on a 12 Pro and a 13 Pro, I think a lot of you in general, the general consumer and even the the hobbyist and the tech lover who doesn't want to spend another 1000 to $1,200, it's going to be really interesting to see, for me to see, how can Apple make this compelling? And always on display, which we'd recently talked about in my video, that is not that compelling for most people. I think it's a cool feature. I honestly really like it. I think in a weird way, maybe some Android people will switch over because of the always on display. I don't know this for sure, but I could see it. I could totally see it. Uh, we we know that the iPhone 14 Pro model specifically are rumored to feature slightly larger displays where I talked about that thinner bezel. Um, and then with this always on display, a recent report this week came out uh, and it comes from Ross Young, who's the display analyst who's really built up an incredible street cred uh, with his reports from the display uh, supply chain and his contacts. And so what this is about is the current iPhone 13 Pro display with ProMotion, right? It has a variable refresh rate. The range of it goes from 10 hertz to 120 hertz. So 120 hertz would be like you're scrolling through the UI, you're flipping through web pages, that really smooth, buttery look. That's typically really where you see the most advantage on 120 hertz. Now, if there's games that are optimized for that, you'd see it in games as well. I remember when Fortnite once had a mode that offered you to use 120 hertz on your iPad Pro, but Fortnite isn't on any Apple device anymore, so scratch that. But there's other games that can take advantage of it. Now, the new report from Ross Young says he believes Apple is expected to use a newer updated LTPO panel display that is the same technology that is in the 13 Pro display. But this display, which has been used by other Android manufacturers like Samsung and Oppo and others, it can drop to as low as one hertz. And where would you use that? That's Let's say you're just looking at a an image or a website is on text and nothing's moving, it's just there. That's where you kind of get some wider range. So this, although technically Apple could have maybe put the always-on display on the 13 Pro, it would have affected battery life. And anytime you do an always-on, it's going to affect battery life. But if you can get that refresh rate to as low as one hertz, it makes it a lot better. So Ross Young is expecting the new iPhone 14 Pro specifically to use 
a ProMotion display capable of dropping down to the one hertz super low refresh rate that we find on other Android phones that also have always on displays. And we'll see how Apple approaches this. This is not a confirmation that it's going to happen. Apple doesn't have to do it. Again, they could have done last year, but I do feel that you could be getting a little bit of battery savings over a longer period of time with that. Uh, The Apple Watch Series 7 uses the LTPO displays that have, you know, what, about a day and a half battery life. And so the the thinking is that, hey, you'll finally be able to see that large timestamp on your phone wherever you, you look at it. And it's weird. I said in my video, like, I'm used to flipping my wrist and not, I'm sorry, I'm not used to flipping my wrist to look at the always on display. I, by default, have trained myself to kind of just look at my phone screen and wait. It's so stupid. Wait for that second for it to turn on. Do do I feel like, oh, I've got to have an always on display? No, but I think it, it on a phone where the numbers are big and brighter, it's a little easier to read. You can see it from distance or you can see it when it's close to you. I think that I think it becomes slightly a little more useful. Like 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 a little bit more useful. I mean, do you do you think it's useful? I I don't know. I think some people really don't care about always on display, but if Apple's going to try and get us and get people to get excited about upgrading to the next iPhone 14 Pro which reportedly is not expected to still bring any type of USB-C whatsoever, um I guess the pinhole punch hole is one design change, the slightly slightly 0.2 millimeter screen increase and then always on display uh and and an improved camera. It's going to come down to the camera, right? This feels like a 13S type of year if you ask me. Now, let's talk about some official news and Apple officially rolled out and shared the entire WWDC 2022 schedule, which I told you early in the show I am now uh, invited to, which is kind of crazy. The keynote will take place on Monday, June the 6th at 10 a.m. Pacific time. That's when it's taken place before. So that falls in line. It's expected, but this is now official. Apple also revealed their entire I guess, rundown and schedule of events after the main keynote. And we'll hear about the OSs and who knows if we're going to see hardware or not. I have no idea. Uh, You know, I do get meetings with Apple after the keynotes. They don't tell us what the meetings are about or which product they're about. So I don't know. I Something in my gut tells me because everything has been spoiled so much. We're what, about a week and a half or two weeks before the keynote? I'm going to lean in. And I'm going to say, and I could be totally wrong, I don't have a feeling on this, but I kind of have a feeling that maybe we'll see a piece of hardware at this event. And maybe it ends up being the MacBook Air. I think it would be really nice if it was. So, you know what, I'm going to tap more into not what I know and not what I've heard, but what I feel and what I want. I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I think we're going to see a piece of hardware here and it's going to be the new MacBook Air. I think this would be a perfect time to announce it. We don't, I don't know what's going on with the supply chains. I have no idea if they are able to get it done, but as my voice kind of cracked, I think that's where we're going to see it. All right, back to the WWDC keynote uh, or the schedule rundowns. The keynote at 10 a.m. Pacific on June 6th, which is Monday. At 1 p.m., it'll be the platform's State of the Union. This is for developers. They're going to be able to watch it through the app developer app. Apple developer app. I almost like, did I say Apple D app? Apple D app, Apple D app. (laughs) You could. Um, The Apple Design Awards will also take place on Monday at 5 p.m. 
This is where they recognize and celebrate like the art and the craft and creativity of actual apps. I love the Apple Design Awards and the results we see. So that will also be streaming at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, the Apple Design Awards on the Apple Developer app. And then developers will get access to experts. They'll be able to do video sessions, Q&As. There's also going to be some activities that are happening on site. I have no idea what is happening. I'm literally flying home staying home at my parents' house for the weekend and then going to Apple's keynote. Because for those who don't know, my family lives in Cupertino. They were both teachers and they happened to end up in Cupertino. And so was I influenced by that? Probably. (laughs) I mean, they brought an Apple computer home every summer, which was from their school. And that's what I played with and learn with. So that's probably, that's, uh, that's actually probably why, how I got brainwashed initially, but I'm not brainwashed anymore. I'm, I think I'm more balanced. So WWDC, the whole schedule is all out there and I will be there and I'm going to do, I'm hoping I can get some really cool videos from whatever they have us do at the headquarters and hopefully give you some insight and kind of a peek inside of Apple's campus or at least whatever they show us, man, if you want to see what the bathrooms look like, maybe I should do like, this is what Apple's, uh, Apple Park bathroom looks like because it's actually pretty nice. There's like carved marble and stuff. I don't. It's 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 nice. <laughs> Are we gonna really do a bathroom tour? Good lord! I hope we really don't have to. All right. Thanks again to Indeed for sponsoring the podcast. What's a game where no one wins? Well, it's the waiting game. And when it comes to hiring, you don't want to wait for great talent to find you. You got to find them first with Indeed. And when you're hiring. You need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Find great talent faster through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed data. Now, the feature that I love the most is that's really going to save you the most time. If you're looking for help, that's Instant Match. We know our time is precious, and Instant Match, guess what? It works instantly. Now, candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search, according to Indeed data. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Terms and conditions apply. Pay per qualified applicant not available for all users. You need a hire? You need Indeed. All right, all right. Moving along with more. This is official news, right? We we do rumors, but I, I like it when we get official news. Apple released their new Apple Watch Pride Edition bands. They're now available at select Apple stores and online. There are two There's the Pride Edition Sport Loop, which is a white one with like a rainbow grating on it. And then there's a Pride Edition Nike Sport Loop uh, for the Apple Watch, which is a black one with the gradient. Uh, The difference from what I've seen is that the white one, the regular Pride Edition Loop has uh, the word Pride kind of, uh, I don't want to say etched, but the way that it's woven, you can see that word on the back. It also has custom Apple Watch faces for both. Now with the Nike Apple Watch uh, face, 
you have to there's like a qr code when you buy the nike watch version um so it has this really cool kind of you know i guess rainbow grain on it but you can only get it if you get the nike watch version but for everyone else whether you get the new pride sport loop or not uh there's a new pride watch face in it i believe it's called uh like pride thread and if you go into your watch app and then you go into the watch faces, you can search around in what's new and it'll show right there. It's a free download for that watch face. So, you know, you don't even have to. Like, I'm telling you with the Apple Watch, because I love that thing so much, I, I'm not I'm not addicted or anything, but I'm kind of curious how many Apple Watch bands do people have? Because I've kind of started collecting a few, uh, by no means am I the craziest collector, but I got a good amount. Uh, and I kind of mix and match them. You know, I don't know. Some people notice in my videos once in a while, I'll wear like a a white Apple Watches. And that's the reason why is because I went on eBay and I just kind of really wanted to mix it up. And I bought, I bought a used Series 5, which was, my goodness, like in pristine condition for less than half the retail price. I think it retailed around $1,200. I got it for significantly lower than half the retail price. It came in its packaging. It came with its manuals. I looked at that thing. I'm like, did you even wear this? And the person said, yeah, a few times. <laughs> I got a steal. So um, yes, I do love the Apple Watch for its aesthetic. And you know, I do like mixing up the band. It's like, it's like fun. And sometimes they come out with some really cool colors. So anyways... I went on a tangent. Go check out the uh, Apple Pride watch face for free or get a new band. Now, we know that Apple has a lot of patents that are thrown out there. And I thought that this one was another cool one that's kind of revisiting and sparking up rumors of, you know, shades of the past. One of the all-time favorite MacBook Pros, if you ask any, I don't want to call them an old head, but, you know, people that have been down with the brand for a long time. It has to be the PowerBook G4 that was made of titanium. For whatever reason, that specific model, it it really stepped up the design game. It it felt modern. It looked sleek. Of course, yeah, you have sleeker looking designs now, but I, in a way, to me, that's one of the timeless designs from Apple of all time, the titanium PowerBook G4. Uh, look it up if you haven't. And you might say, huh? Trust me, trust me, everyone lusted after that thing. So a new recent patent is kind of sparking this rumor up because Apple has published a new type of treatment to make titanium interesting because in its raw state, it has like a really dull, uninteresting look as it's described. But Apple is dealing with kind of a process of blasting and etching with a chemical anodization anodization process, I can't even talk, in order to achieve this kind of smoother, cleaner, desired finish. And also part of it is it's just better at hiding flaws in the metal and offering better protection. So the thing is that got everyone buzzing a little bit is there's a, a you know, those illustrations that they include with the patent. Sure, a lot of them look like just like wavy curves of metal surfaces, but they also showed an image with the iPhone, iPad, Mac, some sort of a MacBook, and an Apple Watch. And everyone's, everyone keeps on kind of going back to, will Apple release a titanium iPhone? Titanium iPhone would be so slick. Now, Apple does have a titanium Apple Watch, for the record. 
and I think it comes in two different finishes, and it looks nice, but it's, you don't really get to see the how nice the grain looks because it's so it's such a small device. You might not you you might just think it's a normal Apple Watch in someone's wrist. So it doesn't mean it's actually happening, but this is the second time we've seen a patent, and it's a different one in regards specifically to a titanium surface. Do you want that? I think a lot of old heads would love a titanium Apple iPhone. People even just want the band around it to be titanium. It's lighter. It's also lighter, and it's it's a lighter metal as well. So we'll see. AirPods Pro two still expected to come sometime in the fall second half of this year. Ming Chi Kuo uh, has reported recently that don't count on USB-C coming anytime soon. They are still set to have a lightning port for charging. The expectation really is that maybe Apple will start rolling out more USB-C based products with a USB-C port. Once a USB-C iPhone comes out, that is not expected to come out in 2022 this year, unless some crazy surprise happens. So maybe the thinking is, hey, they're going to release these new AirPods Pro sometime this year. And then maybe in a year or two, they release AirPods Pro 3 with the USB-C, or they just, in a year to spark more uh, energy and sales, do a USB-C version, which I would buy just to make everything the same. And that would be like the improvement for the AirPods 3. I mean, we've seen it go from a regular case to a wireless charging case, and, and I guess a little better sound, but not by too much, went from the AirPods to the AirPods 2. So AirPods Pro to AirPods Pro 2, that's where we'll see a big jump. You know, we're expecting maybe smaller uh, stems or no stems at all, potential new health tracking sensors in the AirPods. And then I think the biggest improvement would be support for lossless audio which is being thrown around again you have to listen to lossless audio tracks which would mostly come from apple music or if you rip them yourselves but bringing a higher fidelity of audio to the airpods pro and it actually could if you could really tell the difference and for most people when they've run comparisons it's really hard for them to tell maybe that maybe that happens but bottom line lightning coming to airpods pro 2 sometime the second half of the year we're not expecting USB-C. Another product that has been thrown around uh, and talked about and then kind of disappeared and now is being talked about again. You know, when the new new um, Mac Studio display came out that comes with a Mac Studio or is supposed to be partnered with it, a lot of people thought that, uh, where where's the 27-inch? Like, where's, shouldn't, if it's just the Mac display with a LCD backlight, what, why aren't we going to mini LED? Why is there no promotion on it? Well. Ross Young, display analyst, says that he believes Apple is now planning to release that new rumored 27-inch mini LED backlit display with ProMotion in October of this year. Now, mini LED is going to give you those deeper blacks. I mean, if you look at the display on a current MacBook Pro, uh, my God, it is gorgeous. It is beautiful. and we want to see that on a larger Apple display. So that target is moving into October. There are production issues with shutdowns that have been part of the delay and moving production from Quanta Computer to a different supplier and location. But Mini LED, ProMotion, essentially think of it as like a Studio Display Pro. I don't know if they're going to call it that, that would probably be a little confusing. Maybe 
just studio display, mini LED. I mean, there's going to be something different, but you know, I still really like the fact that it has speakers. I still like the fact that it has a built-in FaceTime camera, which they're still working on improving, but it really appears like the improvements are not as significant as people hoped. Like it's a little bit of an improvement based on beta software updates, but not as significant and as clean as we expected. But, you know, a little nice offering for a studio display, if that's what you're looking for. The product that I never thought, I don't, I don't want to say never. I never say never with Apple, but maybe a product that surprises me. Uh, Ming-Chi Kuo says that Apple is planning to release a new HomePod, HomePod in late 2022 or the first quarter of 2023. This could be a completely new piece of hardware, according to Ming-Chi Kuo. But he also says there may not be much innovation in the actual design for this new HomePod. There's no word on what size it will be. Will it be the successor to the Mini? Will it be the successor to the discontinued HomePod? Will it be what's been rumored that Apple may be working on something in between the size of the HomePod and the HomePod Mini? First of all, that thing needs to sound ridiculously good, like the HomePod does. Still sounds amazing. I still love it, even though it's discontinued. I think a couple of shows back, we talked about how resale prices for them um, are selling them higher than what they ever sold for. I think they're selling for around like 500 bucks in box, maybe even higher sometimes uh, because Apple no longer makes a HomePod. When Ming-Chi Kuo says there may not be much innovation in hardware design, sometimes I feel like, what if they're just new colors for the HomePod mini? Like seriously, purple, red, and green have not been done. What if it's just new colors? <laughs> Ooh, that would be significantly disappointing if you ask me. Just saying. And then also, for all of you Apple Music fans who love having it integrated into as many services as possible, Apple Music is now available directly to be played within Waze. Yes, the mapping app owned by Google, for the record, but Google has their own maps. And then there's also Waze. Um, You can access your entire Apple Music... Music? Can I talk? Apple Music catalog in ways now. So that's also very nice. All right, everybody, that is going to do it for this week's show. Before we go, we got to give big, big thanks to our platinum apples at the $100 platinum apple level. Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frater, Jarrett Lewis, and Atari Koenigsegg. Thank you for all of your support. And thank you to all of you who continue to support my content and allow me to keep on doing this. We are at episode 220. This would not be possible without all of you. And if you support my shows and content at patreon.com, you get early access to content, bonus rewards at different levels, and a completely ad-free version of the podcast every week. Starting at $2 a month, $5 with like a cup of coffee, got $10, $25, and the platinum level. And uh, I, I had COVID and it took me out for a little while, but it also made me realize, hmm, I got to sprinkle some love, a little bit more love to my Patreon peeps. So, you know, I was just, it's just, we've only missed one month of our monthly uh, live chat, live video stream chat, but uh, I got a couple other things cooking that came in the mail that I really want to like help, you know, show some love back to you because you guys and gals have really, really been incredible for me. So uh, stay tuned, my friends. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this week. Take care, be safe. We will talk to you next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Peace.